NCAVC had the BAU work up a behavioral analysis on him. What might work, what probably won't. They believe there's a strong chance that he'd react to being directly challenged. We've planted a couple bits in recent print and online stories with the Pioneer and Herald. Things they think he might react to. Specifics regarding the case that are inaccurate. His personality type suggests he's easily set off, doesn't like to be wrong, and likes to have the last word. He's feeling the heat now. I'm sure you've seen the local news reports on the Reynolds murder and the bomb. Nine and ten news even had a reporter down in Detroit trying to get information about the first bomb. All eyes are on you, including his. How comforting. We've had a tale on you two for a few days. Surprised your old boss didn't tell you. Lash knows you have a tale on us? When did you tell him? I'll have to take the fifth on that one. Damn it. I didn't like any of this. Not one goddamn thing. You okay with being bait, Carla? Because that's what this is shaping up to be. If I'm reading him right, am I reading you right, Price? Yes. What do you want me to do? As I said, we've had a tail on you. We discovered him following you two days ago. We're using some guys from out of town because Hensel's familiar with all the local law enforcement officers. He's been on my radar from the beginning, but I didn't have enough to get him until recently. I have more now than I did yesterday with that possible raincoat witness. I'll get with her today. Wasn't sure how he got out of there and all the way home with what I and everyone that's familiar with this case believe had to be a noticeable amount of blood on his clothes. I figured he somehow covered it. He didn't have to go far. Took a lot of luck on his part. And the fact that he probably got out via that back staircase through the least busy area of the store. We've got his DNA at the scene, but as you know, he made sure to cover his tracks by being there in a professional capacity. A good lawyer can step all over that if it's all I have. We've only recently added to our list a couple bombs. That fitting connecting him to one of those bombs, and now the raincoat thing. Him following you cemented it. We're closer than we've ever been. I talked to the prosecutor today. He likes our chances. He'd like them more if we got him saying something incriminating. If I were a betting man, I'd say the only person who could get that out of him is you. You rub him the wrong way. In just the right way, at least for our purposes. He wants to engage, Mrs. Danny. Price tapped on the keyboard to his left and pulled something up on the computer. My eyes weren't good enough yet to make out the words. Hey, that's my Facebook page. Yes, it is. I see you've been debating on a couple of these local news stories in the comments section with a user named Bill Scott. Yeah, he's a real troll. I'm pretty sure that guy hates women. That's Fred Hensel, Mrs. Danny. He's got a few Facebook aliases that I've been monitoring for a while. But that's him, following you around social media, arguing with you. Well, he's a peach. You're on to something with the woman-hating thing. That's another thing the BAU profile pointed out, and why they believe he'll react to you in a way that may be beneficial. I'm guessing both of you know I'm not okay with this. I'm also guessing that won't stop Carla. I can see by the blue and purple explosions coming from her head that she's already made up her mind, no matter what you want her to do. 
Hell, you could ask her to put on a teabag and hang upside down, topless, from the Osceola staircase banister and sing Oh Susanna if you convinced her it would help catch this guy. For the record, I would not go topless. But everything else is on the table. What's a teabag? It's those underwear with the string between the butt cheeks, like strippers wear. Well, not I shouldn't say that, not just strippers. I don't particularly like them. I find them uncomfortable. He winced, genuinely. That made it harder to be irritated with him. He was a good guy. He didn't seem the type to be asking a civilian to do something if he wasn't confident he could provide a positive outcome. I still didn't like it. I wanted specifics before I told him both it was out of the question, which is where I was presently positioned. So lay it out. What's the plan? As I said, he's been following you two, probably waiting for an opportunity. He's tried to kill her twice already. I have no doubt he'd try again if given the chance. You're always with her, Detective Morneau. We need her to go out alone. I think the hotel is our best chance at a location that can keep this thing away from innocent bystanders. He was there the other night when you two were at the Osceola. Inside? Yes. Son of a bitch. I vaguely remembered her walking around alone in that building while I stood by the front door playing with my phone. So were my guys, three of them. The same three that will be there when we do it again, but this time with only you. Price had Carla locked in that law enforcement officer's cement stare that was meant to guarantee the person they were speaking with was getting every goddamn syllable, as well as the impact being appropriately processed. If he was there, he heard Morneau's phone read that FBI profile. He knows we think it's him. If he's following us, he knows we're here. The surveillance team said he wasn't near enough to the foyer at the Osceola to hear the iPhone. He gained access by the rear. He's got a key to that back door where they're used to take in deliveries. Locks were probably never changed. That place hasn't seen any work in years. You left before he got far enough into the building. But yes, I suspect he does know you're here. Based on his personality, I think that'll make him more apt to engage, not less. He likes to be in control. What do you have bugged? Wait, what? What do you mean? Her car and your room at the bar. It was the answer I was hoping for. It gave me a little more optimism regarding his preparedness. You bugged our room? This possibility hadn't hit her radar. I figured it for a possibility the moment he confirmed they'd been trailing us. Finding out Hensel was watching us would have made it negligent if they didn't have us wired for sound. Yes, we did, and I will not apologize for it. I don't want to hear any invasion of privacy arguments. We have had sex in that room many times. You were listening to us? Price's face twisted into an uncomfortable series of muscle movement. He really was a straight arrow. Any topic circling the wagons around sex was not one you'd be apt to find him engaging in comfortably. Mrs. Danning, calm down. I haven't personally listened to anything. Calm down? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. This is all serious. Nobody cares about anything they heard in that room other than any plans for movement throughout the time they've been following you. Who? Tell me who heard. I cannot possibly be around that person ever. I will literally die of embarrassment. Oh my god. Carla... Why must you make every single thing 50 times more dramatic than it actually is? 
This discussion is about how we're going to make you bait for a killer who has already tried to off you twice. And you're worried that someone heard you moaning. My God, I wasn't the only one moaning, Morneau. They heard you too. Yeah, you're a lot louder than I am, Buttercup. Price gave me a stern look. I need this conversation to veer back on track, or I'll have to leave the room and let you two pull yourselves together. Where are we at? I'm mortified. How about you, Morneau? I'm thirsty. Are we almost finished here? Mrs. Danning, the three men that have been following the two of you work on a rotating cycle. One is stationed in the bar, one outside in a car, another in a vehicle with access to the back exit, who'd be listening to the feed from the room. They do this as clinically and professionally as possible. Yes, whatever went on in that room was overheard by one of these men, whichever was on the radio at that particular time. This wasn't a group of teens standing out some locked door listening in. I've been on a couple surveillance stakeouts like this. In my experience, when delicate things occur, such as what concerns you, generally, they'll turn down the volume, even though they still have to keep an ear out for anything that might be said or occur that could be related to their task. That kind of thing isn't what they're listening for. All they want to know is when they need to alert the other guys of movement from the building. Carla had one elbow up on his desk, leaning her head into her hand to cover her face, with her other arm splayed out within his reach. Her body language suggested tormented, angsty teen. Price patted her hand. Miss Danning, truly nobody wants to embarrass you. We just don't want you to end up dead. Now, can we get on with this? I need to go interview Arla about what she saw that day. Then get that information to the prosecutor for his probable cause list. We're moving right along. I'm going to get with him and see if there are any specific questions. He'd like you to work into the conversation. But basically what we want to set up is you walking alone to the Osceola in the evening around sunset to keep possible onlookers to a minimum. Our men will already be set up inside. A couple more will follow you down there to make sure you arrive safely. You'll be wired and wearing a bulletproof vest. Your job will be to get him talking and keep him talking until my men take him down. Either way, we're taking him in that night. At least that's my hope after speaking with the prosecutor. Carla nodded, then something else occurred to her. Wait, the drugs. Detective Price, did anyone tell you that he drugged me? At the emergency room the night the Osceola was bombed, they ran blood tests and they found an animal tranquilizer in my system. They're pretty sure that's why I was out so long. Price scribbled another note on his pad while muttering. His brother is a veterinarian. Wow. Another tidbit of info in the probable cause equation. I'll get you a copy of my medical file to make the process quicker for you. I'll give you two a call later and let you know when we can firm things up. I need to put some things in place before this can be executed. I also want you to have some time outside this office to let Detective Morneau talk you out of it. What makes you think he's going to try to talk me out of it? Because I would. Well, what do you think? You know what I think. You don't want me to do it because you don't want me to get hurt. That is correct. I pulled a new cigar from my jacket pocket and gnawed on it. I 
saw a whole lot of me standing out behind the bar's back door, puffing on my stogie tonight. Here's the thing. You look at a human, who they are, and what they've been dealt, and you ask yourself, while trying to protect them, will keeping them safe mean preventing them from doing something that makes them feel like they've earned their oxygen? Don't we all need that? To feel like we've earned it? You know I'm gonna do it anyway, right? I rolled the tip of the cigar around the circle of my lips. It's not you I'm worried about, Carla. It's what he could do, which is just about anything. There's no preparing for this. There's no script. There's no assurance that all will go according to plan. I want you to remember how you just got out of that jaw ring, how miserable you've been. That was nothing compared to what he could do if given enough motivation. Your personality often motivates me to want to throttle you, and I like you. You love me and you know it, Morneau. But don't worry, I understand that my definition of love and yours are vastly different things. However, I think you should start being a little more honest with your word choices. I'll take that under advisement. Do you think I can do it? Before you answer, I'm not asking if you think I should. I'm asking if you think I'm capable of doing what they want. Yes. I didn't even hesitate because she'd earned it. Thank you. I drank a lot that night. Again, 